0: How do you know when it's time to change careers? How do you know when it's time to quit the rat race? Business World reporter John Victor JV Ordoñez is speaking with Lance Cham and Matthew Yu, the guys behind the Project Offbeat podcast, where two corporate 9 to 5 professionals interview non-corporate guests with unique careers. And aside from hearing from Lance and Matt, you'll also get a taste of a Project Offbeat episode with Reverend Stephen Tan, a former analyst at consultancy firm Deloitte who became a pastor.
1: Hello, I'm JV and welcome to the B-Side Podcast. Today, we have Lance Cham and Matthew, the founders and hosts of the Project Offbeat Podcast. So guys, why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about yourselves in the show?
2: Hey guys, yeah, so this is Lance from the Project Offbeat Podcast. And of course, like JV mentioned, I'm with my co-host Matt. Just a little bit about us, I guess. So I'm a corporate professional in Maya. And of course, we founded the Offbeat Podcast last October when we launched it to basically talk to corporate professionals and
3: expose them to non-corporate
2: careers. So if you
3: want to add anything to that, Matt. Yeah, I'm a pricing analyst from Canva. And at the time, we were going to be starting in our new jobs. But we wanted to have a creative outlet, something to do. It was the pandemic, you know what I mean? We wanted to meet other people as well. So we thought that the podcast was a great avenue for that.
1: Okay, so first of all, since you guys just started the show, what do you guys look for in a podcast guest?
3: JV, what we look for in
2: a, in a podcast guest is obviously you have to come from a, an unconventional career. So when we kind of talked about it, how do we define that kind Kind of career right so for it it should be something that's non-corporate in the philippines you might know that we're already populated with so many corporate careers marketing, finance right so what we want to give a voice to is yung mga careers naman na often hindi pinag happen. uh we have the cosplayers we have tech tubers right we have historians and whatnot but in a more personal aspect we're looking for people that are very passionate about their careers so marami atin, right we may know a lot of content creators but what we're looking for are those that are actually very loud in social media. Because once you're loud about your social media, once you're proud of what you're doing, immediately you know that that's a guest that would have a lot of stories to tell. So those are the things that we're really looking forward to in a guest. And of course, we're still looking towards people that are still in that career. we naman natin yung dating celebrity and then we talk to them about their celebrity life.
3: What we want is for them to still be in that path. Yeah, just to add to what Lance said, at the end of the day, what we're looking for is a really good story because every career out there is a good story, but the more unique the industry, the better. And hopefully it can inspire people from that industry or other people from the corporate world to uh, go into that industry.
1: So, do you have like any of these types of people lined up right now?
3: Uh this has been our longest season
2: yet, season 3, and we were we actually interviewed content creators, cultural historians, newspaper columnists, just recently a basketball coach and a film director, right? So talagang all of the aspects of all of the careers that you may not heard of. We're trying to put them into that show, um just to give them a voice, diba?
1: After sitting down with them, have your opinions or views on them changed after sitting down?
3: Yeah, uh for me naman, I think when you ask that question, the first few people that I thought of is uh, Reverend Stephen Tan. So Reverend Stephen Tan is a former Deloitte manager that turned into a career in theology and became a pastor basically. And when you talk to him, when you talk to a pastor, the first thing in your head you think na, Uy, parang ano, parang you're expecting a very spiritual person, a very touchy-feely, emotional type of guy. But what I got was a very business-minded person. And this is a guy that has been out of the corporate world for maybe 20 years. But he's still so business-minded. He's still so, uh, I, I guess, uh, halatang halata yung business smarts are And, you know, it just refreshed my perspective because there are pastors pala na, na are are so business-minded. And, you know, they seem so professional as well. So as compared to like the usual depictions of what a pastor would be.
0: And now an excerpt from the Project Offbeat episode featuring Reverend Stephen Tan.
3: Hey guys, this is Matt, co-host of the Project Offbeat podcast, the podcast that tackles unconventional careers beyond the usual corporate track. In this episode, we talk to Reverend Stephen Tan, a former Deloitte manager turned pastor slash theologian. We talked about his big life-changing story, why he made the leap to become a pastor, and how we, as corporate professionals, can apply theology in the workplace. Would you be
2: able to share to our audience your story, right? Coming from a corporate background all the way to being a pastor, how, how offbeaten can that get, right? would you be able to share the light to that? I would love
4: to. Uh, you know, and I, I love your, um, your podcast being called Offbeat because I think a lot of people's lives don't follow the natural trajectory uh, of, you know, deciding by the age of 16 what you're going to major in, uh, what your course will be, and then it'll <laughs> oh, go man. all the way the rest of your life. I think every opportunity that God takes us to um, shapes who we are and helps us uh, in our uh, careers later on down the road. So, in my undergraduate studies, uh, I thought I was going to be an engineer, so I I majored in electrical engineering and mathematics in (laughs) the U.S., and so I enjoyed it the first few years, then I kind of grew disillusioned because I just didn't enjoy it anymore. I I didn't see myself being in a lab coat all day doing, you know, scientific (laughs) work, and um, I actually worked in some labs, uh, published the paper in IEEE, and, um, you know, was doing research for the U.S. Army for night vision goggles. So that was oh, an God. undergraduate degree. So yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. And I thought that I would be doing science work. Uh, but then um, I, I stumbled upon the world of management. And you know, I wasn't a business major, but I, I just remember there was uh, someone doing a career a seminar on management consulting, offering free pizza. And college students love free food. So I just kind of <laughs> went in and listened to them. And um, I said, this is really cool. And so I just started interviewing with a bunch of companies. They gave me an opportunity to interview, whether it's Bain or McKenzie or... You know, BGC, Mercer, awesome. you, you know, the uh, Deloitte, uh, Anderson Consulting back then, and I uh, ended up uh, with Deloitte Consulting, uh, and mm. I worked with them as an analyst for a few years, and I really enjoyed it. You know, this was the days before the uh, dot com bust, and uh, the perks were great. Uh, I'll, I'll admit, the perks were great. There would literally be a limo that picks me up from my house, bring me to here. Oh, what? And, and, wow. I mean, you're, you're 21, 22 years old. Um, uh, this is how it was. If we were stationed in in a project. And it was cheaper to fly somewhere else than flying to our home city, which I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Uh, and let's say you were stationed in um, or had a project in New York. Uh, and it was cheaper to fly to London for the weekend. They'd least you do wow. that. So I'd fly to London one weekend, Paris one weekend, Los Angeles, Chicago, uh, you name it. We kind of played that game of earning as many miles as we can, enjoying the local perks, uh, excuse me, all the travel perks. So that was my life. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed in that fast-paced world. Working hard, of course, and helping companies make more money. So the question always is: You enjoyed all those corporate perks. You enjoyed all those travels. Um, you know, you you hobnob with. Uh, CEOs of companies, Fortune 500 companies. You work with cool, cutting-edge projects. Why in the world would you go then in the world of being a pastor and the theologian? And that's a great question. Uh, and the reality is, what happened was I knew early on because I grew up in a Christian family. I knew early on that God was calling me to be a pastor, but I didn't want that. I didn't want to be poor. I didn't want. I didn't want pastors. I get job. I knew mean, it's hard, right? Yeah. And so I wanted to earn lots of money. Typical kind of uh, driven young person. I wanted to make it in the world, and and what I realized uh, something uh, was this. I realized that apart from a spiritual purpose, apart from a God-ordained will for your life, you won't be happy. I'm, I remember I'd be sitting at some of the finest hotels in the world, the Waldorf or wherever in New York, and I would just feel really sad, um, feel as if my life wasn't meaningful. There was no meaning in what I was doing. I was, I was doing amazing projects. Um, and it was because I wasn't following what I believe was God's will for my life. I ran away from it, and uh, I realized I wasn't satisfied Uh, And why am I putting in all these hours to make money for someone else? It doesn't make any sense. There's no fulfillment. There's no satisfaction. Uh, And so uh, as uh, one of the the highest utilized consultants uh, uh, in the Texas practice for Deloitte Consulting, uh, I remember um, realizing uh, I need to walk away uh, and I need to follow what God's going to call me. And and I'm okay with giving up all of these corporate perks and uh, the excitement that comes with management, consulting, strategy, uh, planning using technology and whatnot. And um, I haven't looked back since. I remember turning in my resignation letter. They were a bit surprised. Uh, they asked me to reconsider and I said, you know what? I'm gonna follow God's leading and went to seminary to study uh, the Bible to become a pastor. And as I mentioned, I've never looked back. And so that was kind of a winding road. But for me, it was about the fulfillment and the purpose because you know people are running to try to get up the hill. They're trying to see, um, to work their way up the corporate ladder and I've been on the top of the corporate ladder. And you know what? I looked around, I saw nothing. And and so I'm glad that God gave me that perspective early on in wow. life, not working all the way till I'm 60 or 70 and realizing what in the world am I working for? There's no eternal purpose. There's no spiritual significance. There's no quality of life. It doesn't Beautiful. impact humanity in a way that yeah. uh, I feel my life should. Uh, and so falling into God's uh, uh, will just really gave me a joy in my life. And of course, to tell people about like Jesus uh, has really radically changed my life yeah. trajectory.
3: You talked a lot about like how you found your calling. You went from Deloitte to going into this pastor-theologian path. What are the questions, I guess, that you asked yourself that landed you towards this pastor-theologian, you know?
4: You know, for me, uh, it was to see where I could make uh, the biggest impact the for biggest the Lord, for Christ, not, you know, not part mm. of spiritualized, of course, with my skill sets. And that's a question we ask a corporate all the time where do you take this guy with his skill set and best place him where you can achieve great things? Thanks, I looked yeah. at my own self, looked at my abilities, talents, uh, or lack of abilities and lack of talent, and realized <laughs> that my best fit would be uh, in primarily a local church setting uh, as a pastor that would teach uh, when the opportunity arises. Uh, But not as a full time professor or teacher. So that landed me in a community context of the church because I really feel that the church uh, is kind of the institution uh, within the local community that can impact not only the local community but also mm-hmm. uh, the community that is beyond its sphere of influence. If the local churches make an impact, others will hear about this and they're going to want to know uh, what you're doing right. And so, by God's grace, I've had the opportunity to also do things like consulting, helping other churches um, with strategic plans, and 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 kind of you know bringing some of the old consulting world uh, methodologies wow. and, and wow. businesses to help churches see beyond a uh, kind of um, non-spiritual issues that they can work on. But really, the central focus is the church. You, you've, got, you've got to make sure that the church is thriving, making an impact, doing what God has called it to do. And then you're able to do other things like teach, because then they, they, their students will want to know what are the practical things you can share from a local church context. Other churches are wanting to right. know what things are you doing. So again, it was a strategic decision, but also feeling that with my skill sets, that's the best place for me. In that unique call to be in the spiritual world,
3: you you say there's so many you know good things that you've got from your corporate background that helped you in your you know in your theologian path in your pastor how to help people how to plan uh, strategically for the church right but I'm sure it wasn't that easy to transition from you know corporate background with all the benefits with all the pressure then you're going to be uh, shifting towards this pastor theologian route like I guess what made it difficult for you to shift in this Career, like coming from a corporate background?
4: That's a, that's a very good question. Uh, let me explain um, kind of a little anecdote, uh, because even as a pastor now, I sometimes struggle. For example, I'll fly back to the U.S. Um, and I'll meet up with my uh, former Deloitte colleagues. And mm-hmm. uh, they're now presidents of corporations. They're senior managers or they're, they're senior partners uh, of various consulting firms and whatnot. And I remember distinctly um, being invited uh, by a former colleague of mine to the luxury box uh, at the, the Cowboy Stadium. And so, if you're familiar wow. with, you know, luxury boxes of sports stadiums, they are yeah. they're amazing. And I walked into that place, enjoyed a great game. Uh, I remember the food that was being served there. And I tell this anecdote because I think the hot dog was like twenty dollars for just a regular hot dog, thousand pesos. Um, twenty dollars. And I, I whispered over to one of the guys uh, who was serving. I said, This is twenty dollars for a hot dog. You know, five dollars. He's like, Don't worry. If they can afford a luxury box like this, they can afford a $20 hot dog. So uh, I remember walking away thinking, wow, you know, if I not walk away from corporate, I believe that I also can own a luxury box, right? I I could also (laughs) be a a president. That's just, you know, uh, the pride in me. And I remember that pride kind of swelling up. And I remember that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to leave the corporate world, because there are so many perks that come with it. And a sense of seeing your satisfaction and achievement. And I had to catch myself um, when I felt those things. And I said, well, oh, hang on, what's important in life? And I think that was a central, quest- central question for me that allowed me to make that shift from the struggles of saying, giving up these things to recognizing, do I really give up something? And of course, I'm going to throw a little uh, religious talk here, but you know, this is what I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ gave his life for me on the cross. And so because he did that, uh, he allowed me to have salvation and eternal life. If that's going to happen, what am I talking about giving up? You know, he gave a hip up his life for me. I'm not giving up anything. And so I would have to catch myself and remind myself what's important uh, in this life. And what's important in this life, so I nice. believe, uh, is to live for Christ. And so that helps me make this difficult uh, shift so daily nice. because I'll still look back and I wish You know, I would love to see, I I see this business opportunity, for example, right? That's my consulting life kind of clicking back in. People (laughs) tell me they're into the business world. You know, I want to interject and say, hey, you know what? There's this niche role you can play. Uh, I see a market that you can, you know, grab a market share of. Uh, Here's a great opportunity. And that business mind begins to tick. And I said, I can do this. I'm not making that much. I can go and do these things and make a lot more. But then I have to catch myself and say, what's important in this life? Oh, What is it I'm giving up? And these are all temporal things. Um, so in nice. view of the spiritual, eternal things, so that allows me to be able to manage those disappointments. And I, I'll be honest, like I said, when I'm exposed to those things, I wonder sometimes, what if I didn't leave? So it's a continual struggle, but a reminder uh, about yeah. what's important in life. I, you know, I often wondered um, what I'd give up. Can I just say this? The Lord, I think, Lord, you, I would love to travel, I love to eat, and I thought I would miss out on all those things. Ever since I became a pastor, I've done more traveling than I did when I was at Deloitte. Wow. I have wow. more, more amazing restaurants <laughs> because of the graciousness of other people than I did at Deloitte. The Lord will be no one's debtor; He will make it up to you. Now, that, that was just in my case. Uh, we sacrifice because uh, not to gain anything back, but because of what uh, the Lord uh, Jesus did. But I'm just going to be saying when I look back and I, I think about my life and I say, Lord, I really have not given up anything. Your blessing yeah. in so many different ways outside of. Kind of monetary blessings wow. blows my mind,
2: and and I've been to countries that I never would have gone to uh, if yeah. I was incorporated. That's such a beautiful myth you've broken, right? Like you know, hey, pastors live the good life sometimes too. You know, <laughs> pastors you know get to travel too. Uh, We're happy for you, Pastor
3: Steve, for that one. Uh, If you think about it, we all generally come from a corporate background. Uh, Everyone's working nine to five. Uh, They're working uh, stressful jobs. They're in technical fields and whatnot. How does listening to a pastor or a theologian today in this episode, how does that kind of like help them in their careers? How do they apply theology in, their, wow. in the marketplace <laughs> or in their workplace? You know?
4: What, what an insightful wow. question. Yeah, that's a great question. I think two things. First of all, it reminds our audience that um, there is something bigger than the job that they do, right? There is a life after this. The decisions and the life we live today reverberates throughout eternity. So um, be faithful, continue to press on. I think the second thing is to see your ministry, to see your workplace, to see your profession as your mission, as your ministry, to see that how you interact um, with excellence, uh, the things that you do, how you interact with people. Uh, who you come in contact with and show love and care. That is your mission, The seeing work and business as an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to live out your faith in a very tangible way. I think those two perspectives uh, will help people who are living kind of in the rat race, living in in the rut of uh, seeing kind of a a job without any possible career growth plans or or, or having a terrible boss. It it shows them that... um, There's more to life, uh, right? Um, Their faithfulness, their focus on what they're doing speaks of their testimony for Jesus, but also garners for them eternal rewards. That gives them a heavenly mindset by which to press on.
2: Yeah, that's beautiful. Instead of just looking forward to the weekend, I mean, you can always look forward to the weekend, right? But you can always look forward as well to eternity, right? Wow, I mean... Hey, I think that that kind of motivated me to, to go to work tomorrow <laughs> for, for, for one thing, right? Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor Steve. Everyone, thank you for listening to our show today with Pastor Steven. If you like our show, follow us well in Facebook, IG, LinkedIn, and YouTube for exclusive content. That's at The Project Offbeat. Everyone, kita kits the next episode and here's to everyone taking the off the beaten path. Thanks, guys. Nana and Lance. Thanks so much.
0: We go back now to the conversation between JV, Lance, and Matt for more about the Project Offbeat podcast.
1: Have you gotten like any really impactful advice that actually affected the way you uh, work in your own professional lives?
2: I love that question, JV, because... I think as corporate professionals we're always attuned to asking ourselves once we do a certain task ano yung makukuha natin dito ano yung natin dito that we can apply to the workplace right and when me and Matt were actually reflecting how do we make it valuable for our corporate audience that thinks that way and for us it's always that concept of integration of knowledge right now you may be the best expert at technology you may be JV you may be the best expert at media but at the end of the game the problems of our country Country is too big for a single discipline. Perhaps when you ask yourself how do you solve the traffic problem in Edsa, right? perhaps mathematicians have something to tell there. But a mathematician's point of view won't be enough. You have to pull in all of these disciplines together. So to your question, JV, since we did this podcast, I think, at least from my personal point of view, my fellow corporate colleagues as well were have always gone to me for ideas because they know that I've listened to different careers. I've listened to different people with their lives, right? So I can pick some idea from their careers and put it into our workplace so yeah i think we are hopefully promoting that kind of interdisciplinary community in our show
3: and i think from my end the man uh, like how it kind of like affected my career or professional life i I think it's more about the networking Mm -hmm. like meeting all of these new people introduces you to a different side to people and you know by touching so many industries you get to meet and you get to talk to a lot more people that you otherwise wouldn't have uh, met, now. So parang I think in terms of networking, I think this podcast has helped me expand my network despite the pandemic. So yeah, parang all of these kind of like different perspectives not only helped me network, but it also like enriches my information.
1: So how long have you guys had this podcast like a little over a year, right? Some, something along those lines. Yeah, so we launched it last yeah.
3: October. So we're
1: almost running Malabin 10 months.
2: Now. Yeah, almost year, yeah.
1: <laughs> So um other than your interdisciplinary approach to broadening the discussions, what other advocacies do you plan on pushing by growing your platform and meeting new people?
2: Yeah, I think JV one of the pinaka advocacies that we're trying to push with Project Offbeat as well is a deeper empathy for people that are unlike you. Um, You know, so many of our guests have thanked us for for creating this show because often when, for example, when Asians, when you pursue the arts career, when you Mm -hmm. pursue something that's, in the entertainment career, right? What would your parents tell you? It's not profitable or get out of there. Or here in the Philippines, you won't be supported or you will just be laughed at by people, right? But I think that this podcast wants to show that we need to have empathy as well for the people that pursue this path that are different from our corporate trajectories. And right now, you could see that there is also some booming trend right now in supporting content creators, right? in supporting these celebrities and artists. And hopefully, the more we talk to different shows, the more we talk to different guests the more people understand what it feels like to be in their spectrum we're always safe eh? we're always secured with being in a corporate world lagging you know Yeah, yay you know what you'll, you'll be able to secure a, a monthly payout there right but for mm-hmm. these people, they're risking it more than us. So hopefully, after this show, it's empathetic tie to them. And hopefully, okay. we
3: understand them pursuing their careers as well. I think it's more about career empowerment. Uh, when we get out of high school or college, right? usually when we think about the career, it's always like the step ladder. Like, what are the steps you have to take from starting out to becoming a CEO? But oftentimes, when you get into your working life, basically, it's not as easy as that. Uh, sometimes our careers can take on on different shapes and different forms so i think the reality of what this podcast helps bring to light is people who actually found what they wanted to do all along and pursued it and actually succeeded in it and for example you're a listener and you're not particularly happy, or you're still figuring out where to go. I I think it's just so great to hear from all of these talents to hear why they chose such a noble and courageous decision to pursue uh, such an unconventional path, but also to understand uy, why did they do it, uh, how did they succeed, and if you want to pivot your career to something like that, I mean, our episodes are definitely what we call I not know small crash courses. The eh? balance, Parang, it's basically a mini class about what goes on in that industry i think our listeners can not only reflect about their own career paths or how their work life is but they can also like think about oh is there is this something i want to pursue in the future is this something that i want to do in life so for us, yeah, that's basically a value proposition. If you're
2: looking for a one-stop shop of all the careers out there that's not corporate, I think Project Offbeat is the way to go,
3: definitely. And it's like realities that you're not usually exposed to. It.
1: I think we had a pretty fruitful discussion about, you know, your show. It it seems like a very colorful podcast. If you guys at home are interested in checking their show out, bunch of corporate guys sitting down, talking to these extraordinary people, check out the Offbeat podcast out on all major audio streaming platforms.
2: Yeah, so basically, in the Project Offbeat podcast is available in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And if you can follow us in our social media pages, we're available in Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at... THE Project Offbeat so feel free to check us out
1: Lance and Matt thank you so much for coming on B-Side and I hope to see you guys soon
0: And that concludes another B-Side episode. Once again, you heard Business World reporter John Victor J.V. Ordonez and the hosts of Project Offbeat, Lance Cham and Matthew Yu, who feature non-corporate guests with unique careers. In the excerpt of the Project Offbeat podcast included here, Lance and Matt spoke with Reverend Stephen Tan, a former analyst at consultancy firm Deloitte who became a pastor. A few takeaways from Pastor Stephen. There is something bigger than the job that we do and our profession is our ministry and our mission. This B-Side episode was recorded remotely in August 2022 it was produced by Joseph Emmanuel El Garcia and me Sam El Marcelo thanks for listening